With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I wanted a career in which everything would matter. Because I'm motivated by something bigger than myself. So I joined the CIA. And now I help protect our families, our friends, and every fellow American. Here, my abilities contribute to our mission. Agency professionals have extraordinary integrity and exceptional talents. And every day, we do work that's incredibly important. Find out how everything you do in your career can impact our nation. Visit cia.gov careers to learn more and apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome in GC Live Monday episode. I am Wes Mitchell, flying solo. We have so much stuff to talk about, y'all. I'm going to forget some of it, I know, because we have so much stuff we have to hit. But we're going to do our best. First of all, shout out to Chris Clark. Hope Chris is sitting on a beach somewhere right now. It is his birthday, so happy birthday to Chris. He's got the day off. Which mean y'all, it means y'all are stuck with just me, but luckily there's enough to talk about that I think I got it. I think I got it handled. And I got notes. I actually wrote notes this time. So hopefully I'm not going to miss anything. But if I do, hopefully y'all remind me in the comments uh, because it has been probably the wildest stretch of South Carolina recruiting I can remember in a very, very long time as far as keeping up with everything that's happening. We knew coming in that June would be the busiest, I would say the busiest month, maybe in South Carolina recruiting history, maybe in just recruiting history in general. And it, uh, I would say it lived up to that. It absolutely lived up to that. So we're going to talk about, um, obviously, the official visits this weekend. But mainly, I I think we'll talk about the commitments. And then as the week goes on, maybe on Wednesday, we can circle back some of the official visits because I I really, frankly, don't know if we're going to be able to get to everything in our allotted time today. But South Carolina, of course, uh, has some momentum now. If you if you count the number of public commitments that have been revealed and you count the number of private sort of silent commitments that we know of due to um, all the welcome homes from, from Shane Beamer, that's, I believe, nine in nine days. Because um, today would be the ninth day. Um, that, that takes you back to just not yesterday Sunday, but to last Sunday, that was when uh, Jamal Weiss went public. His his welcome home was actually the weekend before. But as far as public commitments from last Sunday to today, Monday, uh, I believe you have nine. Uh, you had Jamal Weiss um, a Sunday ago. You had Peyton Williams on Monday. Wednesday morning, you had a silent commitment that has still not been revealed. And I believe as far as our our show schedule goes, 
that's the last one that we talked about. So I know we talked about Weiss last Monday. We talked about Peyton Williams last Monday. We talked a bit about the silent commit early on Wednesday. So since then, you've had the Wednesday night welcome home, which actually was a is still silent. That was a silent one. Then you had the Friday morning welcome home. That was revealed Saturday night to be Kylie Horton, the wide receiver from uh, right down the road, Clarendon Hall. Um, then you had a Friday evening welcome home, which was Kaysen Henry, the offensive lineman who revealed his commitment on Saturday. So private on Friday, public on Saturday. Then Saturday afternoon, you had, I say, the biggest commitment of the Beamer era to this point. Uh, that would be Karan Prani, the transfer cornerback from Kansas. That one actually – the welcome home went out Saturday and the commitment went out Saturday night. Then on Sunday, you had the welcome back home from Shane Beamer. That, of course, being Anthony Rose, four-star defensive back from Miami, rejoining South Carolina's class. And then on Monday, that is today, as we're recording this and going live on GC Live, you had another welcome home that has not been revealed, so that is a silent commit. So right now, still three silent commitments that are out there that have not been revealed that will be revealed at a later date. Guessing uh, for most of them some point early next month. We shall see though. As always, this show is brought to you by our good friend, Clint Hammond. Check out Clint, clinthammond.com. 803-771-6933 is how you can find him. And uh, Clint is the branch manager of the Mortgage Network right here in Columbia, South Carolina. That's right across the road from Dreer High School. Uh, Clint's NMLS number is 71597. Again, 71597. You can also find him at chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. Housing market on fire. If you want to uh, get a new home or maybe you just want to refinance and save some money on an old home or your current home, I should say, uh, then give Clint a shout. And we're not saying you have to buy a house, but if you're already in the market, just give our guy Clint a chance to earn your business is all we ask. Um, Billy says two shows a week is killing us. Hey, I feel you, Billy. I, I wish there, there's plenty of content right now for three a week. But when the camps on Thursday and Friday goes, uh, when the camps go from um, essentially 9 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 8 a.m., something like that, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Thursday and Friday. It just made it really, really difficult um, to do a Friday show. So we um, we certainly will, I believe, try to get back to a three-per-week schedule at some point. And then during the season, we're probably looking at going back to five per week. Uh, Travis wants to know, does Clint do refis in North Carolina? Um, I don't know on that. I can probably check on that. So I'll, I'll check that out for you. All right, y'all, where do we start? I I think at first I was going to go in order, but actually let's not do that. Let's start with Karan Prony. I believe, um, again, um, as far as an immediate impact guy, maybe the biggest commit so far of the Shane Beamer era because how often in the history of college football have you been able to add – it's June 28th right now, so – you're talking about a June 26th commitment for your 2021 season from a guy who is a freshman All-American. Um, I mean, if <laughs> that that just does not happen. 
So I, I say we start with Prunty because um, this is a massive pickup for South Carolina. There, those of you who are on the video version of the show, you see the commitment graphic that he put out on Saturday. He was down to South Carolina and Tennessee. And, um, you know, this is a kid that has done it at a very high level already and uh, was down to an SEC East rival. So, first of all, you're not having to – for one, it, it helps that you're not having to play the kid, right? For two, um, that you go head-to-head with an East rival, head-to-head with another school that had this huge need at um, the cornerback position, and, and you win a key recruiting battle, which I, I think is massive. Uh, by now, I'm sure you all have sort of seen what was floating out there about Pronti as far as the, the stats here. But um, I, I think really when you start to go a little bit deeper and, and the, the stuff that's out there these days, I, I mean, it's amazing the level of analysis you can find online these days. It's impressive when you look at the traditional stats, started nine games, 10 pass breakups, which is most among freshmen in the entire country, 26 tackles, one interception. Uh, you know, th- those are all solid numbers, but you really, I think, start to realize how good this kid was when you go to the advanced stats. That would be 525 total snaps on defense. Quarterbacks completed just 38.5% of their passes towards him. That was seventh in the country, best among freshmen. And quarterbacks compiled a QB rating of just 40.7 on passes towards him. He allowed just 52 yards after the catch, which is 28th in the country, and did not allow a single touchdown the entire year as a true freshman so I mean you're talking about a a kid that really stepped in and did it all in a very pass happy conference we all know the big 12 likes to throw the ball around we all know Kansas not a great football team not a great football program right now probably why he transferred out frankly but their loss is South Carolina's gain in Prunty and you know I, I think this is a good fit at the SEC level you look he has length to him you know, he's listed six foot two, has some size. Uh, you see in the picture right there, long arms. And um, a, a lot of people have asked me, how did this kid, first of all, end up at Kansas? Well, really a great evaluation by their guys in the first place. This was a track kid, um, had size, had speed out of high school. Schools really didn't know about him. Kansas took a chance on him. And I, I think by the time the other schools, particularly the Virginia schools, realized just how good this kid was. It was already too late. Kansas had a big lead, was able to get him committed, and then was able to get him signed and really had a steal. He very just instantly outplayed that ranking and um, was able to, to step in and, and be a key. Maybe, I mean, definitely, I, I don't know enough about Kansas's current roster to say he was the best player on their defense, so I, I won't say that, but certainly one of the best players on Kansas's defense. And, you know, there's some highlights. I I won't play the highlights on here because I think I'll probably get um, copyright tagged on them. But you can go on YouTube if you want. Just type in uh, Karan Prani, hit hot Kansas highlights, and you'll see this kid is very, very good at dislodging the football at the point of attack. So you have a big kid, long arms, has speed, has SEC size, but he completes plays – Uh, to the ground, so to speak, completes plays at the end. And in this league, in the SEC, the difference in a completion versus an incomplete pass is many times that just sort of final little point 
where the ball is reaching the wide receiver's hands. And, uh, you know, I, I think we saw – we saw how, how many times did we see J.C. Horn um, sort of have that closing speed, be able to finish off a play and, and put himself in a position to create an incompletion from what otherwise was about to be a completion. So watching the highlights, I, I really just – I like the way this kid competes. I like the way this kid um, sort of is in a position to com- to complete plays. And uh, he has he has that makeup that makeup speed that, that really everybody needs if you're going to play in this league because sometimes sometimes you're going to get beat in this league. It, you know, playing man coverage, you're going to get beat. So having makeup speed to close in on plays is massive, and and he has all those things. Honestly, the, the most exciting part for this, though, if you're a South Carolina fan, is that you're getting a freshman as far as eligibility because it was a COVID year last year. You are getting a freshman who actually has um, a load of experience already. He played pretty much an entire year last year already. So a freshman in eligibility, but that has a full year of, um, excuse me, a full four years of eligibility left. Um, If he's as good as he could be, he maybe doesn't even need all those years of eligibility because he'll be – He'll basically have two more years, and he'll be eligible for the NFL. But a, a guy that I, I think certainly will help South Carolina right off the bat. And the exciting thing, if you're a Carolina fan, is that there's still plenty of upside to go here. This kid is not a finished product. Um, the upside here is through the roof. Um, he is a guy that um, I, I think uh, certainly will come right in, and you, you – you're hesitant to, to just say a guy will definitely start because they have to come in and do everything that is expected of them. But um, if, you know, if he's a guy who comes in and does what he's, what he's asked, I think certainly fair to project Prunny as a, uh, as a starter for South Carolina uh, coming up. Talked to his dad, by the way. He said that uh, he could be on campus as soon as next weekend or maybe next Monday, so so sort of that that Monday right after next weekend, July fifth, sometime around there. So it, it's not going to be long. He'll be on campus here very soon. By the way, if you're on the live edition, I see your questions coming through. Um, certainly, feel free to to throw them in there. I'm probably will have to circle back to them because I'll be completely honest. If um, if I start reading the questions while I'm talking. And trying to do two things at once, it makes for an awful show. I'm not a good multitasker. I have to focus on one thing and, and make sure I'm, I'll start going, um, uh, hesitating, reading aloud. It's just not pretty for any of us. So if you have questions, I will try to get to them, but I probably will not get to them um, right off the, uh, the bat there. All right, let's go. Um, who do we want to talk about next? Let's talk about Anthony Rose. Um, how, how often, again, uh, not maybe quite the historical significance of adding a transfer this late, but not very often does a team re get a recommitment from someone who has decommitted from their program. It's happened before. Don't get me wrong. It's obviously happened before. Um, you know, I, I remember Brian Edwards. That was more because Steve Spurrier retired, but um, Javon Kinlaw, he, he decommitted from South Carolina only to recommit to South Carolina. So it does happen but it really does not happen all that often, um, which is why it was interesting as Anthony Rose 
recommits to South Carolina on Sunday afternoon on the heels of his official visit to the Gamecocks. At that point, was not really a surprise because I think, you know, we had reported coming in that I think this is a kid who was looking to get back into the class. And, you know, if you look at sort of how this thing played out, kind of it's really hard to blame Anthony Rose for his decommitment. I mean, these kids were in a position coming into the summer where, uh, you know, they had never been able to take visits. Had ne- he had never he committed sight unseen without being on campus. And then you look around, all your teammates are getting to take some other visits. They're checking out other schools. And you probably sit there and say, hey, I, I'd like to go see some schools too. So, so Rose takes his name off the commitment list, gets ready for the summer to take some trips, takes an unofficial visit to South Carolina earlier this June and uh, had an outstanding unofficial visit. I think during that unofficial visit, that really, frankly, set the stage for him to end up back at South Carolina. Um, He set the official visit pretty shortly after that, and then coming into this weekend, he's someone we were projecting to probably end up back in South Carolina's class. But a really cool story here. Part of the reason, uh, you know, Rose told us that he decommitted from South Carolina was that his, his grandpa, somebody that's very important in his life, had never actually seen the school, hadn't sort of signed off on, on the commitment. So uh, they come in, grandpa gets to come up for the official visit, gets to see everything that South Carolina has to offer. And this is from our story on GamecockCentral.com. It's actually a free story. Uh, come check us out on GC. So grandpa, the entire family, they're in the office with Shane Beamer on Sunday and uh, and Shane asked Anthony Rose, uh, hey, are you, are you ready? Are you ready to jump back in the boat? Do you want to be a Gamecock? And um, Anthony Rose says, you got to ask him, points to Grandpa, and uh, and Grandpa actually delivers the commitment to, to Beamer and the Gamecock. So really cool story there. Grandpa, I guess, liked everything he saw and, and signed off on the commitment uh, with the Gamecock. So Anthony Rose, I, I think another big get – for South Carolina, we, we know defensive back it has been a, a position of need for Carolina. We know that this is a, uh, a situation there where they need as many DBs that can come in and help as possible. And, and I think Rose is a guy that can do that. I, you know, when they, when they first landed a commitment from Rose back in February, I had never seen the kid play. It's frankly very difficult to see on film what, um, you know, how, how good a defensive back is. It's one of the hardest positions, in my opinion, to uh, sort of track and evaluate just on film alone because it's just it's very hard to tell. Most of the time these guys aren't tested in high school as far as the, the quality of receiver that they're going up against. They're, they're generally stronger and faster than most of the guys they face. So he comes down, this was after the decommitment, comes down, goes to camp, Chris and I watched him perform, and I quickly was like, South Carolina has to sign this guy. Like, they have to get him back in the class. So, he, he is a four-star kid. I think that is absolutely a deserved ranking. Really, really good SEC quality athlete. And he is someone that um, is listed as a safety, y'all. But I, I think watching him in camp – this guy may be a, a long, you know, sort of lengthy cornerback. I, I mean, I, I really think at this level he can he can play cornerback and, and lock down your bigger receivers and, and has the athleticism. I mean, athleticism is off the charts 
And he's got that little, y'all know that little sort of when the lights go on, that little sort of crazy, crazy in the eye, like sort of dog that a cornerback has to have as far as being a competitor. This kid has got it on the field. So I, I think that's uh, that that competitive edge trait that, that you have to have at that position. Anthony Rose has that on the field. So I, uh, I think that that's a fit for, for that position. And I, you know, I honestly think he can maybe start out there and, and end up uh, maybe making a, a pretty quick impact for, for South Carolina once he gets here next season. So, so we'll certainly see how that plays out, but uh, another big get to get him back in the boat. And Hey, all of a sudden, all of a sudden defensive back, class is starting to get tight and I think if you're South Carolina that allows you to um, sort of take a step back you know reevaluate exactly where you are in the class as far as who do you want who do you want to fill out those final spots when do they want to commit who do you want to prioritize who um, you know who's ready to step in the boat right now I, I think you're sort of at that point with the DB class where you got to start to think about numbers Think about who you have room for. Think about who you don't have room for. And, and think about um, not putting the pressure on kids, but just being honest with kids and, and sort of letting them know where things currently stand with that position group. That We all know that's what happens once you start getting close to your numbers. You start to sort of be able to say, hey, there's only X number of spots left. Who wants in? So I, I think Carolina is sort of at that spot at the uh, the defensive back position um let's see who who do we want to hit next and and yeah by the way i i think it'll probably be better if i just hit all all the questions at the end but if y'all if y'all have them go ahead and throw them into the chat and then we'll hit those at the very end um let's go into kylie corton local kid wide receiver from uh, from clarendon hall eight man football again he was the he was the friday morning commitment for South Carolina that ultimately went public on Saturday night and uh, put his, uh, put his commitment on, on Twitter. Those of you who are on the video side can see it right there, but Kylie commits to the Gamecocks and and a kid that I I think, you know, from the moment that he landed the offer from South Carolina, it was pretty, I would say pretty apparent that that's where he was going to end up called it a dream offer. It just made sense. There's a needed wide receiver. It was the biggest offer for him. Um, and, uh, you know, it's right down the road. So, in-state kid, South Carolina takes a chance on him. He ends up committing to Carolina. And, um, you know, I, I think here what, what you're doing with, with this commitment, I, I saw I saw some people, you know, responding about the fact that, you know, he plays eight-man ball and all that stuff. But those of you who are on Gamecock Central, those of you who are on the other sites, those of you who pay, who really pay attention, um, know why South Carolina took this kid. It's because he put up incredible testing numbers at, at camp. Uh, he goes in, for those of you who have not seen the backstory, this kid shows up at camp. Um, I think this was day one of camp. I know it was week one. I'm pretty sure it was day one. It kind of all runs together. Measured in about 6'3", I think 180, maybe even a little bit taller. Runs a 4'4-something, 40-yard dash. Verticals a 38 or 39. Um, crazy broad jump. And then goes out there, shows natural ball skills, shows a catch radius, uh, shows a willingness to go out there and compete. And um, 
then comes back to camp the very next day, shows all the same things again as far as competing in one-on-ones and gets an offer from South Carolina. So this is an example, A, of a kid who, you know, it's fortunate that the camps are back because I imagine there are some kids that got sort of just left behind last year with there not being camps that would not have been found if not for camp season. I don't, I don't know if Kylie Corton would have been found by, by the colleges, but because he got out, competed, did some camps, he gets an offer from South Carolina. He goes to Virginia Tech, camps there, gets an offer from Virginia Tech, goes to Coastal Carolina, camps there, gets an offer from those guys. So really took advantage of the camp circuit. And, and what, what they saw was just, hey, here's this big, natural SEC athlete with loads of room to get better. He, he plays eight-man football, so there's going to be an adjustment here. But, I, you know, I, I think when you look at Horton athletically, um, you know, he, he's a wide receiver. He'll start out at wide receiver. He, couldn't, he could end up playing wide receiver his whole career. Don't get me wrong. He could, but also you're talking about someone who has the ability to potentially play defensive back. When you get him into a an SEC strength program, this guy could end up being a linebacker, honestly, when you look at the frame that he possesses. So I, I think um, lots of upside here. Um, m- you know, just massive room to, to grow and uh, and someone. This is South Carolina trying to eliminate how many times in the last, I don't know, decade or more, have we seen guys in this state that are under the radar that aren't recruited by the in-state schools, end up going to a quote-unquote smaller school, and they pop up and get drafted, um, you know, three or four years from now, and everybody's saying, where did this kid come from? How were we able to how, – how was a South Carolina not able to get him? So I, I think this is – this is South Carolina trying to avoid that situation right here and uh, taking a kid who, again, is a, a really good kid, really good athlete. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, is it, a guy that you have to project out a little bit down the road, but um, ha- has the measurables, honestly has NFL measurables. Um, so we'll certainly see how he develops. I've, I've never been to an eight-man football game. That will change this year. Going to go watch Kylie Gorton play. And from what I've heard and from what I've seen on the film, he absolutely dominates, plays quarterback, plays receiver, plays defense, great basketball player as well. Um, so at that level, he just – he dominates everybody. So that'll be fun to go see. And, and I will say this. I, I think probably worth pointing out that we need to have patience um, when guys come in, not expecting – them to play right off the bat at times. I think there will be there will be an adjustment, just the reality. There will be an adjustment time for Horton adjusting to 11-man football, adjusting to SEC football. And um, that's just a fact of, the, fact of the matter here. But this is someone that two, three years down the road after they've, they've had some time on the field and uh, have been able to adjust from – uh, you know, just, just to SEC football has a tremendous upside. So let, let's not go that route of putting crazy expectations on the kid and then being mad if he doesn't reach those expectations right off the bat. I, I think it's only fair here 
to uh, to sort of allow him that time to to progress early on in his career and and then see what he can be because again great kid huge upside and potentially an NFL level athlete it's just going to be about development about where he goes from here and about how things come together so uh, again that's Kylie Corton Clarendon Hall he committed to South Carolina technically Friday morning went public on uh, on Saturday night and um, if you if you want to throw on the film that is on um huddle the search for Kylie Corton you can find it on there I should I actually should have played that film I meant to um but did not so the the fourth public commitment since we did since we last did a show would be Kaysen Henry three-star offensive tackle from Walton High School that's in Marietta Georgia that's an area of South Carolina I remember used to recruit really hard when Jay Mangus was here and uh, he recruited that area. I think he's from that area. They recruited that area very hard back in the Spurrier days. They, they get a kid here in Case and Henry. And uh, the, the thing I like about Case and Henry, first of all, massive dude. Measurables are there. Um, but this is a mean dude on the field. Very, very polite kid. Don't get me wrong. Very polite kid. Nice kid off the, off the field. But um, – a mean dude on the field. And um, basically when, when I talked to him for our commitment story, he told me that his goal in life on the football field was essentially, essentially to make his opponent quit the game of football um, that he, uh, he wanted to without breaking any rules uh, sort of beat them into submission. So he, uh, he has the, he has the right mindset. I, I think for that position, big kid, um, has some position versatility. I, I think he could, you know, he's a tackle. But honestly, I, I think he could play tackle. He could play guard. He could play center. Um, really could end up at, at any position on uh, on the offensive line. And and honestly, I, I think is probably one of my favorite guys that South Carolina has landed to this point as far as their ability. And, and probably, I would dare say, one of their more underrated uh, commitments at this point. Uh, if you want to see the film, I've got that up right now. But um, there you see 6'7", 280 pounds. I think we list them at 6'6", on rivals. But um, here, y'all can watch the film for yourself. But this is a situation where I think South Carolina, you know, they had Grayson Maines committed. That was obviously one high school offensive lineman. Ryan Brubaker has been, I would say, their – their top other target at that position. And I, I think they would have been happy um, if they can just land those two guys. That was sort of, you know, you, you land mains and then you save a spot for Brubaker. And if that ends up being your two man high school class, then I, I think you would have been pretty happy with that. But I think in, in terms of case and Henry, this kid was just too good for South Carolina to say no to. Um, they offered him in late May. Greg Atkins sort of fell in love with him, started prioritizing him. And then, um, you know, he visited earlier, I believe that was last week, and, and he just fell in love with the place as well. So Atkins and him just sort of have a mutual admiration for each other, sort of made became quick, uh, I don't want to say quick friends, but it, it just it was a quick relationship, and they really hit it off. He liked the no-nonsense approach of South Carolina, sort of the blue-collar approach of South Carolina. But And even in his film here, you see him playing pretty much all five positions on the offensive line. 
And that's something I, I think he will certainly be able to do at the next level. So if, um, you know, if they can close out this high school class with Brubaker, who's going to commit in July, then um, that's a really good three-man high school O-line class for the Gamecocks and, and one that if you're Atkins, you got to be really, really happy with. So, um, yeah, really good film here from, from Henry. If y'all have not seen that, you can go check it out on uh, on Huddle as well pretty much every time we play highlights on here credit goes to huddle.com um all right so that that's the commitments y'all frankly i'm out of breath so uh, if y'all have any questions we'll hit some questions the um the ovs this weekend from what we were told went very very well 12 official visitors um 10 10 of those guys we actually have reactions on or reactions from on Gamecock Central. So if you're not a subscriber, go check that out. A couple of those stories are free, but for the most part, you have to be a subscriber. We'd invite you to come on over where new subscribers can use the code VISITS2021 to try Gamecock Central for free from now until August. Um, but yeah, visits went well. Let's see. I'm going to scroll up and, and hit uh, hit some questions. Addison wants to know who the fifth welcome home is. I mean, we're we're not going to get into the business of we're not going to get into the business of like ruining the commitments here on the show. So we'll let the kids we'll let the kids have their moment on that. Um, let's see. Yeah, Oscar Delt. There's a question here. A couple of questions about it. Um, how good of a chance does South Carolina have with Oscar Dell? Well, the official visit, I would say, went about as well as it possibly could have. Um, you know, as far as checking all the boxes there, um, his, his mom went to USC. So I would say that that was a big part of the visit was just sort of reminding them of, of all the reasons that, um, you know, she was fond of South Carolina, all the reasons that Delp grew up pulling for South Carolina as a kid, you know, just sort of being a, a reminder of that while also pointing out the tight end friendly nature of this offense, pointing out how, um, how much, how big of a target he is for them, how much he'll be used. And, you know, I, I don't think anybody who tells you that they know where Delp is going right now, I think is, is probably lying because, um, you know, he, he's a guy that, I believe um, is still working through the process. I think it's South Carolina or Georgia. I think it comes down to those two. And I don't think it's going to be that long before he, you know, that was the last thing he said when we talked to him was that he originally had talked about doing it in September. Now has, uh, has really sort of just wants to sit down, process everything he saw in June. Cause I mean, this was a really busy June for a lot of these kids, um, four official visits in one month. Um, really, really busy June for these guys. So he'll sit down, he'll process everything. And then, you know, it sounds like if he's comfortable, then he could be ready to make a decision. So we'll see if that ends up being the case. But that was sort of what he hinted, or even more than hinted. He, he told us, you know, if, if he – if he was comfortable, if he was ready, then there's a possibility that he can make a decision here fairly soon. So we'll see where that goes. I, I think it's just going to be about gut feel. 
for him and um, and then go from there. But, yeah, the, the visit went – I mean, it went as well as it could. It's just a matter of where does he ultimately feel most comfortable? Where does he want to be? Where does he see himself for the next three to four years? Um, let's see. Nick wants to know, is there any possibility of any of our assistant coaches or coordinators leaving for bigger roles after this year? I mean – <laughs> I mean, they, they haven't even coached the game yet. So I think that's that's a little bit of a premature conversation at this point. Certainly, that if, if your coaches are doing well, that's always going to be something you have to you have to be aware of. But, you know, if you take care of your coaches and, and uh, you know, reward them financially, then, you know, this is a place that generally people like to stay as long as the – you know, as long as the program is doing well. So, I, you know, I, I think that's a, a premature conversation there. Um, let's see. All right, I'm going to go up and try to find some more of y'all's questions. There, there was one earlier about Jalen Glover and when he's going to announce his top schools. I have no idea. I know he tweeted it's going to be soon. I don't know when exactly that will be. I would think South Carolina would make the cut. And, I mean – it's pretty obvious who the top schools are going to be there, though. I would think Florida State is in it. Georgia Tech's probably in it. We'll see if Florida makes it with a new – they just offered not too long ago. We'll see if they make it. Um, and we'll see if South Carolina makes it. I would imagine that they will. So that's uh, <clears throat> that's probably where that's going. Let's see. Um. Randy wants to know, do you have to play three years to go to the NFL or be a junior? It's it's just three years out. Like, you literally have to be three years out of um, of uh, high school. Wes, you think we play more zone or press coverage with what we have coming in? I, I think in, in theory, in, you know, that South Carolina would like to play more man coverage and um, – you know, I, I think looking at um, at what they did, what Clayton White did at Western Kentucky, it seemed like there was a pretty good bit of man coverage. Now, whether or not they do that, how much of that they do, will actually be highly dependent on how well they play, if they can remain healthy at cornerback, um, if they feel like they can do that uh, based on that week's matchup. You know, I, I think will be a big part of that. But in theory, once they get this thing going – and get the right guys in there. I think absolutely, you'll you'll see more man covers than zone. But they may have to play a little bit more zone than they want to until they get everything settled in. Um, is recruiting going better than you thought? I would say, you know, I think it's going about the way we suspected. We we knew there was going to be a run of commitments coming up at some point. We talked about it on the show. I would say several times where, you know, we said the the bulk of this recruiting class is going to start to be decided in June. We've started to see that. And I, I don't think it's going to slow down in July because a lot of these kids I'm working on my Carolina confidential for this week right now. A lot of these kids have taken visits all over the place for June and maybe they haven't committed yet. And I'm more, I'm talking about South Carolina targets in particular, but I'm also talking about, the recruiting process 
just in general. A lot of kids have taken visits all over the place. Now it's a dead period again. So they're going to go home, process everything they saw, think about who their top schools are, and then a lot of kids will want to be done with the process before high school ball starts. So once you start getting towards August, there's actually – so it's a dead period right now. There's one more week in July where you can have visitors. And I think in that moment you will see some more kids commit. But certainly the next few weeks – um, you're going to have guys go ahead and commit. Some of them will want to wait and, and take a couple more visits during that little, that little July week. But for the most part, I think you're going to see um, kids knock this thing out in the coming weeks. So, so even though the visits are dead now, you have a situation where the, um, the recruiting process is not dead at all, and it's going to be very, very active, uh, I think, moving forward. Um, let's see. Hold on, let me hit some more of y'all's questions. I got to load them up here. Um, let's see, where do we go? Travis wants to know with Prony on board, what are our numbers for this class, 22 or 23? Mm. I don't know the math off the top of my head. I I think Prani has to has to hit for um, the twenty twenty two class as well. Um, so I don't I don't know what the number you may you probably know better than I do, Travis. I've been swimming for the last three weeks as far as trying to cover all this stuff. So um, do either of you guys do press conferences or do you have someone else handle them? Um, I watch the press conferences, but for the most part, somebody else handles them. Um, the impact of the new football ops building. Yeah, I think it's, I think it makes an impact. I mean, some of it y'all is that everybody has great facilities. So you almost have to, you almost have to have great field facilities just to keep up. And for so long, South Carolina was behind on facilities. Like they 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 let it get so far behind as far as compared to other SEC schools that it was a huge deterrent for South Carolina to get big time players. Now you're talking about facilities that are better or on par with pretty much everybody else. And you know, for for those who still are PO'd at Steve Spurrier and mad at how it finished and all that stuff. Even if you're you're upset about that, there's one thing you can say about Steve Spurrier is that as far as the facilities go, he put South Carolina in a position to build that new indoor facility, to build the new outdoor practice fields, to build the new ops building, to do all that, the renovating outside of Williams-Brice Stadium, the renovating inside Williams-Brice Stadium. The groundwork for all of that was put in place in my opinion, by the success on the field and the excitement generated during the Spurrier era. So I, uh, you know, I, I think that is lost on people sometimes. And the ops building, you know, the, the kids love it, don't get me wrong. But it all, you know, what facilities do, in my opinion, they don't, facilities don't gain commitments, but facilities put you in a position 
to be able to land kids. Um, and you don't want you really don't want the guys that are choosing based on a facility alone. But you really just you want for, in my opinion, recruiting is about relationships. But as far as all these other factors, you want for there to be you want for all the boxes to be checked if that makes sense you don't want for facilities to be an area that a recruit says i i like them but i don't like their facilities so at this point south carolina has checked all the boxes as far as the facilities go and the the indoor to me the indoor facility is one of the best the ops is very very nice but the indoor facility um is uh it's something that is one of the best things they've ever done because the camps that South Carolina used to have would be out in the Columbia heat all day in the summer. And, and that ain't a good time for, for anybody. Mama don't want to sit out in the heat for seven hours while their kid goes through a camp. So having the indoor facility, being able to do the camps inside, at least have part of the part of the camp take place inside and let your parents be inside um, I believe is a huge part of the process for South Carolina. Um, let's see. Marcus says, I heard rumbles from Tennessee that the Prunty recruiting search about us promising him guaranteed starting spot. Does that sound like sour grapes from the Tennessee fan base? Yes, it does to me. I, I haven't heard anything about that. I don't know. I'd be surprised if anybody got promised anything. Obviously at both, at both of those places, South Carolina or Tennessee, this kid's going to have every single opportunity to come in and start. Um, so, I don't know. That, that sounds like an internet fable to me. Let's see. What else we got? Um, more Delp questions. And, and I, I don't know if I ever actually answer as far as how much of a chance do I think South Carolina has with Delp? I, re- I really think it's it, it's going to come down to South Carolina and Georgia, and it's just going to be how comfortable is he, which place is he most comfortable with, and which place does he just sort of see himself? Where where does he have that fit? Which place does he see himself being most comfortable? If you're South Carolina, at this point, y'all, you have done literally everything you possibly can do to, to put – yourself in a position to land the kid it's going to be a battle to the end they'll keep pushing but um ultimately that's all you can do at this point is put your best foot forward and then let the chips fall where they may so um we'll see and like i said i i I don't think he is that far away from uh from making a commitment all right i do we're almost out of time here i do want to hit on a couple more of the official visitors let me go back and remind myself of who all um, who all was in. I tell you all, a, a guy I think we need to start talking about a little bit more is R. Mason Thomas, the kid from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Cardinal Gibbons, Cardinal Gibbons High School, uh, listed as a weak side defensive end on rivals, but in, in my opinion, um, and actually in South Carolina's opinion, is, is an inside linebacker. He, uh, he visited um, – twice in the last couple of weeks and, and I I would project him to be in South Carolina's class at this point I, I think he's you don't want to say he's a lock but South Carolina in excellent position there with R. Mason Thomas and he, he's a kid that 
really had – I think some teams have held off on him because of the fact they maybe saw him as a little bit of a tweener. Is he, a, is he an end? Is he a linebacker? South Carolina worked him out, though, took advantage of the fact that you can do private workouts now and um, really just loved what they saw. They love him as a kid. He is, he is actually a priority for them. So I think when you, you look at the fact that he came in, took an unofficial, quickly set up an official visit, um, and the fact that he is a priority for South Carolina, um, to me, says all you need to know about where the Gamecocks are right there with him. So I, I don't know exactly when R. Mason Thomas will make a decision, but you know he's probably not been talked about enough as far as um, a guy who could could end up in this class and um, decision could be in early July, he said. So that that's another one that you you got to keep an eye on that that maybe ends up a uh, a gamecock uh, sooner rather than later. Braden Davis took his official visit; it went really really well, y'all. And I gotta say, I, I think y'all know this by now, but Braden is. Um, Braden's just an outstanding kid. The way this guy carries himself, excellent representative for your school. Gonna gonna be one of those kids that no matter what happens as far as his football career is going to be successful in life. Um, we, we've talked a ton about the you know the upside on the football field, but I, I just the more I've heard about Braden Thomas and talking to him a little bit myself as well, I could not be more impressed with the way Braden carries himself, uh, just a, an outstanding kid. You can tell was was raised the right way and um, really good representative for South Carolina this weekend when uh, they had official visitors in and, and someone that, you know, I, I think uh, did his part to sort of help recruit other kids to join him at South Carolina, which certainly is a big part of, of being the, the quarterback in a class. Uh, Robert wants to know how many commits are we waiting on. Right now you're sitting at three silent commitments uh, for the Gamecocks. Nick wants to know where are the chances of getting Antonio Williams? It's a good question. I, I think right now it's South Carolina or Ole Miss. You know, we've talked about Antonio quite a bit here on the show. You know, I, I think um, with, with Antonio, um, it, it, it's not at the point where he's ready to decide. He's not taking official visits yet. We'll see how the process plays out, right? But as far as – that's another one where South Carolina, Justin Stepp, Eric Kimry, those guys are doing everything they possibly can to make Antonio Williams know how big of a priority he is for the Gamecocks. I mean, this kid is a is a priority A, a priority one, um, a guy that um, South Carolina absolutely loves and clearly a guy that they, they need and, and want at the receiver position. A uh, good point here from Travis uh, says that uh, R. Mason plays defensive tackle at time at 217 pounds. That's fearless. He uh, can get off blocks. I put his film up there with Abdul Carter. Um, well, so that, I mean, <laughs> Travis put me on the spot uh, with one spot. Who do you got, Thomas or Carter? You know I ain't going to get into the comparing guys, but I will say this. They really, really like – Thomas's ability to transition into playing in space based on that private workout. And, um, and that, that private workout thing is a new rule. You used to not be able to put guys through private workouts while they were on campus. And uh, now you can South Carolina doing a good job of, of taking full advantage of that. And 
you know, certainly uh, that's something that you have to do. You got to take every opportunity that you can to evaluate guys. Uh, so again, he's going to, our Mason Thomas is going to commit somewhere early July, potentially. And I, uh, I think South Carolina has put themselves in, in solid shape there. And another, just by all indications, another really good kid, really good human being, um, someone that the staff likes in that aspect as well. All right, y'all. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Again, shout out Chris Clark. Happy birthday to him. Um, I'm done running my mouth just as Morgan shows up. By the way, shout out to Morgan. He finally, and I mean finally, signs up for Gamecock Central. You can do the same if you want by using the uh, code VISITS2021 uh, to get a free trial to Gamecock Central. And also, guys, y'all know we don't like to beg here, but if you haven't yet, please take a moment, throw us a vote on the Free Times, um, the Free Times website, voting.bestofcolumbia.com. Uh, I don't know who put us in, who nominated us, or whatever the word is. I don't know who nominated us, but if we're in it, we might as well go win it, y'all. So let's pull Gamecock Central through for local best sports website. I know, um, I know, I know that uh, some of you have already voted. Those of you that haven't, please, uh, please go ahead and throw it in there. Let's see. Appreciate that, Wade. Um, ho- hopefully, I did not stumble over everything i'm way i'll be honest i'm way better doing it with chris than just sitting here running my mouth with you guys but again chris uh taking a little birthday getaway which is certainly well deserved so i could not skip the show today with everything that's going on we had to do a show today the show must go on so hopefully that was good information and uh hopefully y'all y'all enjoyed if you have any other questions come on over gamecock central would uh would love to see you over there would love to answer any more of your questions and it will roll on y'all it will roll on there's more to talk about there's more coming so um this has been fun i think july will be fun as well and then um the final week of july south carolina will have their sort of final big recruiting event of the summer which is this cookout that they're having where they'll have their top prospects in for that as well So, um, all right, y'all, that's going to do it. If you're just tuning in, you can always scroll back, watch it from the beginning on YouTube, or I will be uploading the audio to all the major podcast platforms as there, um, on there, I should say. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, until Wednesday, y'all have a good one.